Hey there on this 6-5-2022. It's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you connected to this because you're ready, not just for our Sunday meditation, but our Pentecost Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Yay! Oh, never fail. All right. Good morning. Good morning. All right. I, I was. I hit the doorbell and I was wondering why I didn't hear sound back. Well, you know, sometimes I, you know, I thought it needed an electric charge or something. Maybe the the system was a short. Uh, this morning, I, I have a few things to talk about. We'll do that later on in our time together. But uh, I want to begin by uh, greeting you on this nice, sunny, Pentecostal Sunday morning. It's the day of completion. Uh, if you uh, understand the the... Uh, meaning of Pentecost and you know that this is the day when uh, the spirit of the Lord fell upon the people and it was the uh, as I said completion of Jesus's mission he said I'm leaving you but I want you to go over there and and just wait there until I, I finish the job so we celebrate that finishing today and uh, I, I pray I am celebratory of you. You have to forgive this dog. She's deciding that she's going to sit down here and do whatever she's going to do. But she's not going to sit here and make noise all morning because we got things to talk about and we deserve quiet. So, uh, up be the next, okay. ma'am. Let her stay. She'll be okay. And she's going to be all right. Uh-huh. She's going to be all right, but she's going to be quiet. I don't, I don't want to hear. Okay. So this morning, we to begin our time together. Mama Bell is going to uh, uh, take time and uh, go over there on the piano 40. And she's going to play for us. I'm looking forward to hearing her piece. I'd also like for you to uh, uh, keep in your prayers, Brother Dennis. He will not uh, be with us this morning. I believe he is uh, his family, the one that uh, they buried, the son that they buried, grandson, excuse me. He is going to spend time with that portion of his family, and so he will be gone. Uh, I believe he might be back Wednesday. I don't know exactly when his return date is, but keep him in prayer and his and his family. Uh, also, uh, they was telling me about a shooting up near the Walmart on Princess Anne and uh, Ingleside last evening, I believe it was, and I don't know the details of that, but keep that community up near there in your your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, I was up there a couple 
days ago and I noticed a sign on the door and that sign uh, stated that they were uh, closing early I think the place stayed open to maybe 9 or 10 o'clock maybe 11 I don't know exactly the details before but now it is closing at 8 o'clock and I was listening to Mama Bell as she was uh, doing one of her morning lectures doing her lecture she was educating about how uh, that Walmart was the first true store of, well the legitimate store as Mama Bell liked to say in her lecture that this community has had and so it's uh, kind of unfortunate that it is uh uh, somewhat being threatened at this time. So keep all that in your thoughts and your prayers as as we uh, uh, head towards that time a little bit later on. But it's also a great time to pray while Mama Bell is playing. You you're not gonna do anything but sit there and listen to her anyway. So it's a great time to add a little bit more conversation with you and your Creator. The Mama Bear? Yeah. If you are free, we will uh, we will do that. Actually, you need some time to get to the. You need some time to get to the piano. I'm here. You want me? All right. Well, I tell you what we're gonna do. Because since we talked about all that, uh, I'm gonna ask my dear grandmother to open us in prayer, and then we'll let you play. After that, that sounds like a winner. Okay. All right, my dear grandmother. Most holy and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We come saying thank you. We thank you for this beautiful day you have let us see. We thank you, oh God, because you watched over us all night. And we just want to come and say thank you. We thank you, we praise you, and we magnify your name. Oh, merciful Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, God, look upon us this morning as we gather together to worship you and to praise your holy name. Help us, oh, God, to always remember that you are the source of every situation that you are whatever we need you to be, you are there for us. And we just want to tell you thank you. God, we pray for our neighborhoods. God, you know the tragedies. You know the heartaches. God, you seize everything. And God, we lift our neighborhoods up before you. And God, this gun violence and this hatred and this envy, this jealousy, it's just, it's on a rage, it's on a rampage. But we bind the hands of the enemy right now. And we pray right now, God, that you will intercede in these problems. God, you told us to look to you for whence cometh our health and strength. And we trust in you this morning. And we just saying thank you. Look on everyone that's on the highway, that's traveling, 
in the airways, on the boats, wherever way they're traveling, God, give them a safe trip. And God, as they join together with their families, God, we lift up Dennis before you. God, you knows all about him, God. We ask a special blessing on his family today, God. In the midst of that situation, God, we ask you to let your love, your love prevail with them, God. Look on Marie, families everywhere, God. And we just praying this morning, God, for peace and for joy and for understanding. You know the heartaches and all these tragedies, God. And we asking you, God, to let us look to you for what's coming to our health and strength. And then praise you and magnify your name, God. And we just thank you, God. Let your love, your love prevail, God. Help us to love one another. Help us to esteem one another greater than ourselves. Help us, oh God, not to be envious or jealous about one another, but help us to praise one another and to encourage one another, oh God. We just want to say thank you this morning. God, we love you, we praise you, and we magnify your holy and righteous name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen and amen. here. It's a great time for him to not be here. 
not because we don't want him here, but because I can take his time to do what I need to do today. Uh, some time ago, and I don't know why I'm setting this up like this, because not like everybody on this line don't know what I'm saying. But for the people who uh, may hear this in another location via our online presence, uh, some time ago, maybe now five or six days now ago, I had a conversation with someone. And that conversation was about the next steps for me. And those steps are seemingly leading towards downtown Norfolk. And I sat there and I pondered this decision of why I would want to do it or why I felt like I needed to do it. And one of the major answers that I returned to was that a lot of the projects and programs and things that we are doing uh, it would or it has and somewhat been met by challenges meaning that there are certain things that need certain keys to unlock I believe that our uh, COVID period would have been a lot easier with certain keys to doors that were locked. I found myself during COVID begging people to open doors that they didn't want to open. They had the keys in their pockets, and they didn't want to open them. And so the information that we have desired, uh, the access that I believe and I'm sure you shared my belief that we deserve is locked behind doors. Why those doors are locked, that's subjective. I'm not going to spend my time talking about that. But I believe those doors should be open. And I believe that we have the opportunity and the power to do that. And so I have in front of me all the necessary documentation uh, to solicit a run for Norfolk City Council, Ward 4. And we're going to hopefully do that here in the next few weeks. So this is what I ask of you. A few things I ask of you. Number one, I ask of your unwavering prayers and support what I mean by support is your positive thinking uh, your positive uh, recommendations your positive ideas I look for your support in other areas. I may need some foot soldiers and some bakers and some candlestick makers. Uh, I have to go out and convince 200 some odd people to put their name on a piece of paper. Uh, 
and say that I deserve the shot. And so I solicit your prayers as we uh, try to go out and, and, and do those things. And then if I can, just briefly look past the the struggle of the the journey towards it and look towards the future of what we would like to do. Uh, I would like to uh, ask you to consider at least one piece of business now. A little thing I would like to call PIP. And that is parishioners and preachers in prayer. And what I would like to do with that, if you don't mind, is take an opportunity to in some cases, bring the news to you, but conclude it in the form of prayer. Uh, Mama Bell and my dear grandmother, you will have some familiarity with my train of thought here as you both listen to the same uh, radio program. And if you remember on that radio program that you listened to at the top of the hour, you receive your news and Following the news is a Bible verse, and in some parts of the day, there is prayer that uh, follows that. I would like to take that model, if you don't mind, and add it on to our uh, time. And uh, If we need to take Wednesday and do that, or we can add another day, we will definitely work on that uh, down the road. But I don't believe that anything is going to happen without the power of our believers coming together in a moment of prayer. I don't know of anybody else in this city that's going to call you to that. And so I believe that that is going to be our answer. The lady, one of the ladies came to me and they asked me, they said, Eric, how do you expect to run it? And she said, before you answer that question, here's the playbook. And I looked down at that playbook, and I said, when I came to you and I told you that I was going to do this, what was your first response? She said, I was shocked. I said, why were you shocked? She said, because I don't understand why you are doing something that you have for years declared you hate. And my response to her is, well, then if you don't understand why I would do something that for years I declared to hate, why would you give me a book that's connected to what I declared I hated? (laughs) So I believe that we have our own way of doing what we need to do. I believe it's in God we move and God we breathe and in God we have our being, and that's the plan that I'm going to take. And when I look around at all that God has done for me, that's how I got here. So that's how I believe I'll die. So I believe we'll take that road. And if you'll join me on that journey in our uh, prayer time and and keep my name on your mouth in a positive way, please, please keep my name. Every time you think about me, just say, Lord, help that Negro. His crazy self going to need your support. Would you do that for me, please? In your time together, both personal and private, when you 
call people on the phone. And if you know anybody in the following areas, get them on the line, uh, uh, at least within now and the next uh, 15 days. No, we ain't going to work that far. The next 10. Uh, Ingleside, if you know anybody out there, give them a call. Tell them I want to talk to them. Poplar Halls, Fairlawn, uh, over by Lake Taylor behind Walmart. If you know anybody in the projects, tell them I want to talk to them. If you know anybody in Chesterfield Heights, in Berkeley, and in Campostella in those areas, please uh, uh, tell them I'm looking for them. And we get their name on this paper and see what we can get done. And I would also like to say, as we head into our moment of prayer, Pastor Booth is going to come to pray for us here in a minute. We're going to try to get him on at the 7 o'clock hour and give him good enough time. He has to preach down there in Carolina today, so y'all please keep him in your prayers, too, as he goes down there to spit on the, the good people of North Carolina, City of Praise. We want to give him some good time to pray for us and for what we're going to do here. We are going to use the first virtual as a model for how church should operate for all people. For people with disabilities, for people with various issues and conditions that will not allow them to worship fellowship in a traditional sense. We're going to prove that the world needs to shift. And we've already done that over the past two years. COVID has given us that opportunity. But it gave us a starting point. But I believe there's more people who are struggling. More folks who are at the job. I was uh, at the restaurant one day. I don't remember what day it was. And I saw the workers back there with headphones in their ears. They got to go to work. I remember when I got a job at the Hardy's and I asked the lady if I could have Sunday off and she told me no. Can you imagine how I would have felt if I could have put church in my ears at the Hardy's with all them heathens? We can do that now problem is they just don't know we're here and so we want to not only work on how we get downtown but how do we also reach people who are just out there struggling and just won't be able to do it any other way so I gave you two missions for me if you will consider that get somebody on the line uh, they're going to tell you at 6 30 in the morning they don't feel like getting up tell them they get up for anything else Go take a boy to the house and make them look funny. They'll get up. Take them some cheeseburgers and fries. Get them up. Whatever you got to do. I know you're capable of winning your friends and your family. While Pastor Booth is praying, you can think of those people that you're going to go and communicate with on all these issues that we believe that is destined for us to do take some time and ask the Lord to prepare their hearts 
to receive what you're coming to say and what we need to say. And also pray for yourself. Because we need the Lord in our own lives. We're crazy. Lord, help us because we just ain't got no sense. Sometimes you just got to admit that. They say the first way to recovery is first admitting you got a problem. We got a problem. We're going to take time now. Pastor Booth is going to help us deal with our problems and those around us. Pastor, if you will. Good morning. Um, can you hear me, Pastor, before I start the praise? Pastor Derek? Sir? Yes? Can you hear me okay? Okay. Um, I'm out in the street, so you might hear a little noise, some birds. So um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Father, we thank you, we glorify you, we magnify you for another opportunity that you've given us to come together to pray. We come to you as believers as citizens of the, your kingdom, ambassadors, representation of what you expect heaven to be like. We thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. As we celebrate today Pentecost and, and that the festival in which it was designed to be at the days of old, but the release of your power to the saints of everyone. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would just move by your power and give us what we need so we could be all that you created us to be. Help us to be delivered from ourselves, our own evil thoughts, evil ways, and selfish deeds, and and selfish ambitions. God, help us to be more what you created us to be. Yes, Lord. So we won't be that blockage, that we won't be that hindrance to that person that really needs you, that's really seeking direction and seeking their way. So, Father, we just pray, Lord God, as we come, we come as empty vessels standing before a full fountain, Asking you to forgive us for our shortcomings and forgive us of our deeds that we have done. Yes, Lord. Lord, unfortunately, we got to say forgive us for those things that we deliberately done and knew it was wrong before we even did them. Jesus. God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Yes. Because even in the midst of that, you could have snatched us away. You could have took back your mercy, took back your protection and and left us for our own destruction. But your mercy, your grace covered us and shielded and protected us. And we thank you. That's the fact of God you are. And we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be testament, allowing us to be people that will able to share uh, of your goodness, to share of that which you have given us, share that love, 
that they may come to understand you. Yes, yes. And yes. Father, we thank you for that. Yes, and Father, we just pray for our prospective families, his friends, loved ones. Yes. Lord, we pray even for our frenemies. We pray, Lord God, for those who don't know you, don't want to know you. But we pray, Lord God, that you will touch their hearts, touch their lives. And as you have commissioned us with a commission, and spirit your anointing upon us to do what we do, we pray, Lord God, that you will just establish our path. You said in your word, a good man's steps are ordered by you. And Father, we pray that you will order our steps to lead us through the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And Father, we come together and we pray, Lord, as Pastor Eric, Lord God, endeavors to do your work, not being limited, not being boxed in, not being closed-minded, but open to that which you have a gift to him to do. We pray, Lord God, in the days of decisions that he has to make, brother, what direction he should go. I pray, God, that you will reveal yourself unto him like never before, that you will guide his steps. Be that to him, Lord God, that your word said that you would be to him. Yes, Lord. And Lord God, I know without a child of doubt, he will give you the glory. He will give you the praise. Yes, Lord. And Lord God, we just pray in Jesus' name as he walks and as he listens to your voice. Yes, I pray, God, that you give him the supporting cast that he needs. Yes. Give him the wisdom and the knowledge. And those who have the wisdom and the knowledge that would help him is to lead him in the right direction. Yes, Lord. We ask you to shield and protect him from all hurt, harm, and danger. Shield him from the people that will try to bring harm and to just uh, just try to bring harm to his name. We just pray, Lord God, that all the ugliness that comes with politics and, and those who like to run games and deceive people. We pray, Lord God, one, that you will protect him from it. Two, that, Lord God, that he will not be deceived by anyone and falling into that track as well, Lord. Yes, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that he go forth, Lord God. He goes in the power of your might. Your might, Lord. I pray, yes. Lord God, that those who need you would need someone to be their voice, to yes. be their person yes. that will stand up for them. We yes. pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, God, that you would use them for that purpose, Lord. Use them for your glory. Yes, Lord. We're so reminded of the story in the Bible, Lord, where Moses said, Lord, I, can, I can't go before the people. I, I have a stuttering part, but I, I don't have the knowledge that it's needed to be a leader. But, Father, you anointed him. And as he took the faith walk, as he walked, you gave him direction case and what to do and you brought them before great men yes, did. you delivered a whole nation yes, because it's his obedience and because of what he's done yes. and father we just pray lord god as you lead eric god that you will guide him yes. father we pray for first spiritual we pray lord god as they continue to do 
what she has been created to do. She brings life and joy, peace and happiness to people. We heard the request this morning, Lord, that, that people are doing what they do. Lord God, they can be connected to you by not being connected to a person in the flesh. But we pray, Lord God, that the fame of who you are will be exempt, will be, a, will be elevated and carried out through the lives and through the voice and through the message of first virtue. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, bless your people. Bless those who are are being here as a support. Bless them. Lord God, many things that we can pray for, many things that we can call on your name about. But Father, we come unselfishly this morning, praying for one another. I don't know what my sisters and brothers are going through, but you know. And we pray for them. If it's healing, if it's deliverance, if it's peace in their mind, if it's depression, if they're overwhelmed and overcome by so many things and obstacles of this world. that I didn't mention that you want to talk to the Lord about. Let's go to the Lord now in prayer. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all things. Thank you for hearing our cries. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Help us to pray. Teach us how to pray. Teach us what to pray. Teach us, Lord Jesus.
Second Chronicles Chapter 20 Verse 13 Second Chronicles Chapter 20 Verse 13 All Judah was standing before the Lord with their dependents, their wives, and their children. In the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, He said, listen carefully, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number. For the battle is not yours, but God. Tomorrow go down against them. You will see them coming. And you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jerusalem. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah, and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. If I can talk to you for a very, very long moment, you like how I did that. I want to talk to you this moment from the subject, how to win, the strategy to win. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 Lord, amen. I have for some time now watched, I have watched how 
folks navigate through the conversation. The conversation of winning battles. My time in the ROTC, our major instructional period was understanding the importance of battle strategy. What is the operation? What is the plan? What is the mission? What is the target? And how do you achieve victory in all areas? Very methodical thinking occurs during these times of planning, during these times of strategy. But the interesting thing that I have found during these conversations, these moments, is most people in the room operate from a spirit of depression. They're depressed because they're up against the unknown. You have generals and uh, all uh, the other nice little gold strap wearing people who assist them and they find themselves having to discuss how they're going to send boys and girls out possibly to their death. That is a very stressful and depressing moment. It is a moment that drives you to the bottle is the reason why Jack Daniels and some gin and scotch is very high upon uh, the manifest for the officers' Kenneth, officers' club. Got to have a lot of scotch, a lot of gin. Got to drown down our sorrows. And then you look at it from the other side of the field. You look at it from the field of the political strategy because the reality of it is every general and every brigadier general, admiral, commander, lieutenant commander, the list goes down uh, towards the ensign. All of them are doing the due diligence or the, they're responding. That's how I want to say it. Thank you for letting me blunder there. They are responding. Responding to the craziness of politics. A general doesn't start a war. The president does. A, a certain policy does. A certain group of people sit in rooms, whether it's parliament, whether it's Congress, and they argue over issues, some of which has no connection to the people that it serves. And because of the actions in those rooms, wars are started. We don't have to go back far. We can just go back some 100 days over in a little place called, you may have heard of it, Russia. Over there, there's a gentleman over there. Well, I don't know if he's a gentleman. I guess that's left up to your interpretation. A guy over there by the name of Vladimir Putin. You might have heard of him. Vladimir Putin decided that he had ambitions or he had some objectives. He had 
uh, need of a little place called Ukraine. And he decided that he was going to invade it. Now, you think that uh, this started 100 days ago. I did mention that. But if you go back maybe five, six, maybe close to ten years ago, uh, Vladimir Putin went over to Ukraine then as well, had a little ambition for a little place called Crimea. It was his objective, and he sent his generals, and he sent his soldiers in to invade these nations. I bring this up because of a report that I read maybe a week or two ago. I don't know why I keep trying to do time. I know I don't remember when I did something. But in the report, it was talking about the vast number of Russian soldiers who are defecting and looking for asylum. They don't understand why they are forced to carry out orders that make absolutely no sense. It's something that many of our soldiers, if you peel back the onion and get down to the allergic induced section, they all have had this feeling once or twice. You might have had the opportunity to connect with one or two of them, of there being your children or your grandchildren or your brothers or your cousins or maybe even your mothers and fathers. And they'll tell you some crazy stories. There's a whole crop of letters out near the Nauticus area. Got a little piece of business out there called the War Memorial. And then the War Memorial is literally a, uh, a little corner of the dock or the shore there, embankment, however you want to call it, that they carved out and they took little pieces of stone and they kind of crumpled them like they were folded letters and they just placed them in various places out there on the ground and you could just go out there and read them. But you're going to find a constant thing out there. You're going to find soldiers who have no idea why they were in these wars. Back then, you know, they were drafted. Now they're making decisions to join, but they didn't have the choice back then. And if that wasn't bad enough, our brothers and sisters of wholesome society they were forced. Then we had our brothers and sisters who were of the lesser persuasion in society, our brothers and sisters who uh, the culture didn't look too fairly on. Their mission is you either go to jail or you go to war. And a lot of our boys and girls are sleeping in their graves because they chose not to go to jail. It's a crazy thing to do. As far as I'm concerned, looking back now, you think about it, that's almost like a sign of death row. 
They didn't go and inject you, strap you down in the electric chair. They sent you over and let the Vietnamese do it, or the Japanese, or the, the Germans. Young men and women sent out into battle without a clue. Then, for those of you who are wondering what that has to do with our text today, I'm getting to that. Because when you think about it, how many of us have found ourselves, let's start a war in military politics. Let's get down to everyday life. How many of us find ourselves in certain areas, positions, looking for jobs, looking for opportunities, trying to connect with folks who could give you certain things to advance you, and you find yourself looking as if you are the odd man out. Mama Bell, I recall some time ago, and uh, I'm going to try to Think about how I say this now because I have to prepare myself to understand that everybody's going to listen to me and judge my words, even though you don't mean what you say. People are going to make what you say mean what they want to mean anyway. We know how that game is played. But Mama Bell, I found myself in a conversation with somebody. And the conversation was kind of depressing to me. I know of a person who I have done a lot for, provided opportunity, opened doors, somewhat got shot over, if you will. And every time I would find a new way to help and they would find a way to shoot me in the head. And so a couple of days ago, I reached out once again to try to help. I reached out again to try to provide an opportunity. And this person who, for some strange reason, Mama Bell, I still believed in, decided once again he was going to shoot me in the head. And he wished my face. Now, that is a very key moment of which I wish to discuss here in our time. Because it was a very good time to question myself. It's a very good time to turn to self-doubt. It's a very good time to look at all the folks who say you can't do nothing and you won't be anybody and you are not good enough. It's a very good time to really start opening the ears just a little bit to that noise. And as I open to that noise just a little bit this point in our text came to mind. 
There's another part that we didn't read here where if you read in your scriptures, I'm sure you know it, where there was a vast majority of of armies. The Israelites had a lot of people. The more they looked around, God said, how many folks you got? He said, well, I got about so many different people here, maybe like 100,000, a million, somewhere number like, you know, that's too many people. Then he cut it down. He said, all right, you're going to give me 300,000. I can work with that because I can, I can put in this office. He said, no, 300,000, too many people. Cut down 100,000. He said, well, okay, it ain't what I want, but, you know, I may have to cut my budget in half a little bit, but, but I can still work with that because, you see, I can take that and put 50,000 over there, 50,000 over here. They might have to work twice as hard. They might have to give some cheese sandwiches. We can make it work. Okay, cool, you can make it work. That's too many people. More to the story is it got down to little or nothing. And he said, I have no idea how to win this fight. And that's when he said, aha, now you're where I want you. A lot of us quit in our life because we had got to the aha. Now is where I want you. People will always argue that that moment is a defeated moment. People have always argued that your idea is not going to work. They will always argue that that moment is is a laughable, no, no, you can't win on that. But I come to tell you, using the only text that I know, that the aha moment is just right for a miracle. The things that we will do from this moment on will be an aha moment. You don't have the people that you think you got. You know I ain't got to tell you. You deal with your folks. Your folks is flimsy. They'll be with you today and shoot you tomorrow. You know, oh, I'm sorry. That's bad. That's not true. They won't shoot you tomorrow. They'll shoot you five minutes after church is over. You find yourself not trusting. You find yourself not knowing who to turn to for support. Everybody pray for you, but ain't nobody going to go work with you. You know. But despite all that, it's somebody there. God can use one person to do what 10,000 people couldn't even dream of. That's all I've got to believe in, you know. Amen. So I come to you this morning with a message not just for me, but for every avenue of life that you can encounter. You're going to hear a lot over the next few months and days as we head into the silly season. I'm not talking about just locally, but you're heading into the silly season on a national level. All of these fine people from Republicans to Democrats are going to tell you how bad the world is and how bad life is and, and drive you to drink. 
But here is the constant that I believe can work in every aspect of that. That constant is to not fear the rhetoric that's being spouted out on TV. Don't pay attention to that. That's one of the reasons why I believe in our program that I mentioned earlier today, PIP. I believe that good, sound information needs to be given to you, but it needs to be tailored and sealed, if you will, with positive energy. It needs to lead you to the cross of Jesus. That's the only thing that I know that will keep you from drinking your life away and smoking up your whole lung. That's the only thing I know that will keep you from laying in the fetal position wishing to die. That's the only thing I know that will keep you from going and cussing your way out of life is to look to your Savior. It's a great opportunity this morning that to have this conversation, seeing as we are at a commemorative party. We are commemorating the time that the Spirit came upon the church up in the upper room. They called it the Day of Pentecost. They were there in that one place, and you had all of these people. Now, I would like for us to consider something very interesting. This is 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus, and about three days after they had all left him. I ask of you to consider, just if you will, us to ponder for a moment. Do you really believe that these folks really were ready for what was to come? Mm-hmm. How do you get something in 40 days? You had three years and you didn't get it. And you expected to just click in 40 days? You say, well, Eric, God can do anything. Yes, he can. But go back to the text. Even after Jesus had come back and appeared before them, one of them still said it wasn't real. Thomas, if I don't see the nails in his hand and touch the wound in his side, I shall not believe. Thomas, you believe because you have seen, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And then after that, they still argued. Tell us who's going to be on the right and who's going to be on the left. Forty-some days into the resurrection, three years past his beginning of his ministry, and they still didn't get it. And yet he sent them out seemingly unprepared. He went out, and in ten days, They were filled with the Spirit, and that Spirit led them 
You can't believe Peter stopped cussing in 10 days. No, the Spirit did it. You can't believe Thomas stopped doubting in 10 days. No, the Spirit did it. Now, here's the fun part. The very interesting thing is we go back to where we started this morning. Because the disciples and the New Testament believers had something that Jehoshaphat didn't have. The disciples and the New Testament church had something that Jehaziel didn't have. There was no Holy Spirit to come down and fill us like they did in Acts chapter 2. No, Jehaziel had to get it the old-fashioned way. He had to hear and believe what he had heard. And he said it. And it seemed crazy. As a matter of fact, it don't seem crazy. It is crazy. That you going to tell me that I'm headed into a war with a bunch of people with guns and knives and they have a battle plan to destroy and kill me and you tell me I don't need no guns? You tell me that I'm headed into a job with doctors and lawyers and all the highfalutin people and everybody with a degree is sitting there waiting and I ain't got no degree and you tell me stand still I'm going to get a job? Stand still. You tell me yes, yes. that yes. I'm headed into the world Yes. I got no money. Yes. I have no credit. Jesus. I have no ability to get same, and yet he's going to put you in a house and give you transportation. Yes. Be still and know it. Is that what you're going to tell me? Yes. I remember... First lady testified of this. We were walking down the street around about September, and I don't remember when it was. What was it? Last year, two years ago, somewhere now. I don't remember. We was walking down Chesterfield Boulevard, and we was looking at the houses. We were saying, we don't know where we're going to live. I said, ain't worried about that. And she looked up at me, and she said, what you mean you worry about that? I ain't worried about that. If God can't do it for me, then why I get him to preach every Sunday morning? If he can't fix this problem, then it's a waste of my time getting up preaching every Sunday morning. I went to church a couple of days ago, and I was talking to a pastor's wife, and she was telling me about her child has anxiety, and her child has this, and her child has that. And I understand 
I understand having that mindset. When you are just a member of the pew, but when you getting up and you the preacher, and you still don't believe that what you preaching can work, then what are you preaching it for? I don't understand why some folk come to church if you don't believe it. That's like going to the doctor and thinking he's crazy. What you going down there for? You come here because you understand that this God that we speak about is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask. And I want to tell you this morning the strategy to win if you don't believe God can do anything, anytime you feel depressed, come right by my house. Anytime you feel like you a loser, come ride by my house. And this is what I want you to do when you ride by. You ride by and you just sit out front. And you say, God, if you did it for him. You can do it for me. I went over to Boo's apartment. I helped him move in. I don't remember when. He'll tell you. And I went in his apartment and I looked around. It was a nice apartment. I ain't going to tell you nothing about his business. I'll let him tell you. But I looked around and I just happened to enjoy it. Went out on his balcony and sit there. Still owe me a dinner, and I'm going to collect it. I didn't say the public, and now, so now y'all beat him up till I get it. And I looked around, and I looked around, and I looked around, and I said to myself, and I might have said it to him now that I think about it, I said, if God can do this for you, he can do something for me. Now, why did I tell you about all this? Why did I this passage of Scripture and point out this story to you? Because it is a classic piece on the power of faith. It is a classic piece on the power of believing the impossible. It is a classic piece on the power of looking beyond the circumstance, beyond the forecast. Some of you have gone out on walks with me for the last five years. And every time we go out to walk, it is scheduled and even sometimes does rain. But seemingly like when Moses and the children of Israel's feet stepped into the Red Sea and Jordan rivers respectively, and the waters began to separate, when our feet touched our location of walking, the skies began to dry up, the 
sun comes out and we walk around in a nice sunshiny day. And then the moment that we say doxology, Booth, you'll remember this, Pastor Booth, please, and put some respect on your name, grandmother, definitely. We did a Christmas walk over near MacArthur Center. And we were trying to set up something, and I was in the truck with Booth, and we were trying to set up because it said it's going to be a downpour. And I was trying to move the walk inside. I wanted to put it in the mall because I didn't want to cancel it, and I couldn't set the deal. So I sat in the truck with, with Pastor Booth, and I said, I'm going to make this call, and either I'm going to get this deal or it's not going to rain. And I come to tell you, I didn't get the deal. Not in time. And we went out there, and all the way there it was pouring. But as soon as our feet touched the ground of St. Paul's Episcopal Church, the rain stopped. And we walked from St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Grandmama never testified. Amen. And we walked down to MacArthur Mall and took a picture in front of the tree and came back and Pastor Booth gave a little sermon, and as soon as he said doxology, it started raining. The sky opened back up. Amen. I'm God is with God be with us. I'm talking God. about the power of winning in impossible situations. I believe all of us on this line, Grandma's going to come to pray for us here in a moment. All of us on this line are all facing impossible situations. You got your check last week and you got a tube between bread and water. Your children is crazy, your spouses is crazy. <laughs> you crazy. But despite all of that, if I could teach one thing to myself and to anybody else who would listen, that God can do crazy things that sometimes I believe even make him laugh. You ever think that God sometimes laughs? Yes, he do. Sit there and lay he certainly maybe, I'm, maybe I'm crazy in my train of thought. Just work with me for a minute. Sometimes I wonder if God just sit there and say, you know what? I did that, and that was crazy to me. I blessed that person, and that was crazy to me. Sometimes you look at the things that you have, and it's crazy. It's crazy to you what God has done and the things that he can do. You're looking at a 38-year-old boy, ain't got no college degree, been a failure by societal sadness for a long time, and yet I look out of wonder the Cadillac sitting in the driveway. Don't tell me. 
And I ain't talking about it because it's highfalutin. I'm talking about it because it's crazy to me how it's sitting out there. Sometimes I look at it and say, why is that thing sitting out there? It's crazy to me. But then I use it as a metaphor. I say the car is not what's important. It's proof that in and everything I need, thy hands can provide. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is it. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. morning. New mercies I see. All I ever need, ever need. Now, I know I can't go in political places and talk like this, and that's fine. We have to look at other areas of how to communicate our message. That's fine. But when I come here, I can tell you how I really feel it. All I've ever needed. Mama Bell, I started writing a blog some time ago, years now. And I don't know, I'm sure you're familiar, you are a part of the educational community, so you would understand this. Where you write, whether you're writing for a newspaper or something, one of the requirements is a word count. If your article is not a certain number of words, it is not acceptable. Even in school, if you are producing a paper, whether it's a term paper or something, they require, uh, when I was in school, they required a certain number of pages or a certain number of words. You had to have a six-page term paper or a 10,000-word dissertation. I've always had a problem with that. I can't write like that. Sometimes I struggle to try to figure out how to put as many words. And, and sometimes, Mama Bell, just to get the word count up, I would, I would strengthen a sentence. Sometimes all I had was I want to go to the store. But I knew that wouldn't get me enough words. So I said, you know, I woke up one morning and I decided within my soul that the best thing for me to do today was to put on my clothes and walk out the door and go to the store. You know, anything you can do to make that sentence long, get that word count up. It would always be a headache for me. This morning I was sitting and I was trying to figure out how was the best way to approach from a communication perspective. And I talked to a lot of people last night and all of them gave me a headache. And that's when I told you earlier about the woman that handed me the playbook. And I said, why would I do something that I've already told the world I can't stand? And the good Lord spoke to me. He said, you know how you're going to do this? 
You're going to do what you've always done. You're going to write a letter. And Mama Bell, I sat down and I wrote the letter. And the words just flew onto the page. And when I looked up Mama Bell, I was finished. And I put it into the processor, and I asked it to tell me how many words I had. And I was 60 words over the average limit. I had easily wrote a 700-word paper in about 10 minutes. I just want to talk to you about being still and knowing that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Mama Bell, you know that song. Be still and know. Yes. yes, hallelujah. Be still and know that I am God. Help us, dear God. Most gracious and all wise fathers, be come, God. We believe. God, we ask you to help our unbelief as we come today, God. You said, believe in you, believe in your word, trust you. And, God, you will never fail us. You are a faithful God. You are a God we can depend on. No matter what it look like, no matter what it feel like, no matter what it seem to be like, we can trust you because we know that you are with us. We know, God, that you are on top. There is nobody but you. Nobody can do what you do for us, and we thank you. We thank you, merciful Father, because you are a God that we can trust. We can trust you. No, God, help us to believe. Help us to walk in your word, in the light of your word, God. As we read this word, help us to believe what you said. Help us believe what you have done for others. And you say you are not a respectable person, that you would do the same for us. And we thank you for that this morning. We just praise you. We magnify your name. God, take this message, God, and, oh, God, sink it in us and let us realize that we can trust you. We can stand on your word, God. Us, oh, God, to just praise you and to magnify your name. Move all fears and all doubts and unbelief out of our way, God, and help us to rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. You say rejoice and praise you in this situation. Praise you before the battle is over, God. Praise you because we know that you're in the battle, God. We just thank you today. Oh, merciful Father, we just want to thank you. Be very listening ear today, God. To encourage each one of us, oh God, as we travel along this way, that we will be them shining lights in this dark world, that we will let others know 
good you are, how great, uh, how faithful you are. Help us, oh God. We just thank you today, and we just praise you. Be ever with us, God. Bless every God. Keep him encouraged, God. Keep him, oh God, holding on to you. Not only him, God, but bless every listening ear, that we can stand tall, cry loud, and spell not. That we can stand praising and magnifying your holy name. On this Pentecostal Sunday, God, you gave the power to all of us, God, and we can stand on your power, God. And we just said thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience and your understanding. And, oh, God, be with us. And we just said thank you. And, oh, God, we're going to give your name all the honor, all the honor, all the honor, all the glory, all the praises, all the magnify. And we're going to magnify your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 